All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is the uh, Monday Morning Analyst for this November, let's see what, 16th now? I think it's what it is. Whatever it is, it's the first Monday after Rousey versus Holm, and we're going to talk about it right now. Uh, very delighted to be here. So here's how this is going to work. I normally do the podcast in three parts. I'll do basically most of that today, but we're going to be a little bit more free form. Um, I got a lot of your feedback about the direction you want the podcast to take in terms of visual aids. I'm going to bring that to you, just not today. Uh, there was lots of good previews of Holt versus Rousey, and there were lots of good um, podcasts after the fact. The fact is, uh, Faraz Zahabi did a great podcast, well, not podcast, but a great episode on YouTube breaking down with visual evidence what you might need. There's a couple things he didn't get to and some things i like to expand on, so I'm going to give you um, some of my perspective on that, but I highly encourage you to go watch it if you're looking for the visual element details um, that he can bring. Also, uh, check out the preview from BJJ Scout. I'm sure Jack Slack did incredible work. I don't even get a chance to see his, but um, and, and shouts to Robin Black for the uh, correct prediction that he made for home. So let's get into it right away, shall we, and, and talk about what we saw, and then we're going to go piece by piece and break a little bit of this down. I want to open with a few quick things that I think are just worth mentioning number one um i didn't do my predictions this past week because um uh, i was actually i've been sick but i did uh i would have picked rousey if that's what you would have asked me which way were you going and i want to say something about home that i i was really wrong about home but in a surprising kind of way um you're going to be right. You're going to be wrong about people. And, and most people were picking Rousey, of course. That's why it's one of the most monumental upsets. Um, but to me, what was interesting was if you had asked me which way the fight was going to go, I think most people would have told you up to a point about what we saw. In other words, Rousey pursuing, maybe eating a shot or two, but eventually getting her hands clasped together, getting an arm um, for a throw, getting a head and an arm for a throw or for a trip. And then once it got to the ground, that was kind of all she wrote. Um, that was just not the case. It's not surprising to me that Holly Holm outstruck her. That to me is sort of like a given, always was going to be a given. What's surprising to me was how her anti-grappling worked, which we'll get to in a specific way in a minute. Number two, how some of the techniques she employed in the clinch protected her. And then three, and this really surprised me, this is something I just did not see coming. She was much stronger than Ronda Rousey. Physically, she physically was able to muscle her a little bit. And when you saw Rousey get tired towards the end of that second round, in part because she was taking a beating, recall in a, 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 a few certain situations, maybe when Holm ducked out on the left cross, excuse me, the left hook that Rousey tried to close the distance with, and then Rousey went up doing a knee pound and turning around as you know Holm was on the other side of the cage. You saw how off balance she was getting. And at the very end, I'll go through that last sequence where she tries to trap the left arm of home. Home shucks it free. And what happens to Rousey? She falls and collapses, which enabled home to get behind her and then hit her upside the head with the. It was amazing to me how she was getting muscled. That to me was shocking. I would have never seen that coming. And frankly, even for all the people who people who did pick uh home, I never saw that. I never saw one person saying, wow, watch how much physically stronger. She's going to be the Ronda Rousey. That one shocked me. Absolutely shocked me. Couldn't believe it. But you know what? All the credit in the world. Wow. What an unbelievable performance put on by Holly Holm. And there's something to be said about this performance that I think has really got to be acknowledged. Look, we all know that Rousey has a million things going on in her life. From the outside looking in, her life appeared to be very busy at a minimum. Maybe worse, but certainly busy. We can say that unequivocally. That's not an excuse for losing, and I want to make this clear. I'm going to elaborate on this point in just a second. She lost because it was a skill gap. There's a lot of talk about you know there being a strategy issue here. Um, there was a strategy issue, but not a very big one, to be honest. And I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Really, it's a skills gap. But back to the previous point for just a second. It's got to be noted. This is what's so amazing. There's no weight issue here. There's no commission issue. No judges got involved. The referee stoppage was clean. No one complained about any other person's corner rubbing Vaseline on them. There was no weight issue, nothing. There was no issue about this fight. Now, as I mentioned before, 
I am sure, coming after the fact. Not because Rousey's in any way weak, but because I've covered the fight game for a long time. Even the very best champions, when they lose, they always have to find a reason. So they're going to say, this was going poorly before. That won't happen this time. So I know somewhere down the line, I'm sure something's going to be brought up about how this camp was not ideal for Rousey or there were, you know, there were um, uh, extenuating circumstances that affected her performance. That's fine. That's just part of the fight game. I don't begrudge her for doing that. All champions do that for the most part. Okay. What I will say was kind of interesting to me was that um, that may come down later. But for now, what we know about this fight, clean as a whistle. Titles changed hands in about as the most efficient, non-controversial way imaginable. That is remarkable. You know, usually when a title changes hands, uh, you know, what, what about the stoppage? Was it early? As you saw in the McGregor versus Mendes thing, I didn't agree. I thought the stoppage was fine, but there were some people complaining about it. Obviously, with Penn and Edgar, you know, the first time, what about the judging? What does it all mean? Nope, not involved here. Not involved. They made weight. They had plenty of time to prepare. They fought, and one person got handled. That is as, that is as basic as I can say it. So let me make my last point here, and then we'll get into the technique breakdown. The argument about strategy versus, um, you know, ability. This, to me, is a totally bogus argument made by some people. It's not to say that you can defend her strategy, Rousey's. It is to say that her strategy was built on her existing abilities. If you take issue with the strategy, it's because you're taking issue, in this particular case with the ability that she has to handle Holly Holm. This idea that she was just going to, you know, next time she'll just go in there and hit doubles and singles, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. She comes from, Rousey does, an era of judo where they did teach, I think it's called Morote Gari, a double leg, and they did teach singles. It's not what she excels at. That's not what she's good at. The best takedown she has is when she can use her left hand to wrap the head. She likes to grab your right hand with her right wrist and then lean over and grab the head. That's what she likes to do. And then, of course, she has a thousand different setups from there. That's her game. The idea that she could just drop for a knee pound, bully someone into the fence, and change levels, that's not her best takedown. And I guarantee you, Holm would stuff those way easier than she would some of her other takedowns. Because Rousey did have an excellent takedown in the middle of that fight, which we'll get to in just a second. The argument about strategy is a very bad one. It's not that Rousey's strategy was good. It was, given her existing abilities, that's the best strategy you can really come up with. Now, you can say, you can tweak a couple things. You can say, well, maybe some of her entries should have been better. And I agree some of her entries should have been better. Again, we're going to get to this in just a second. All of those things are right. It's not that you can look at a strategy and say, this was a perfect strategy. It was a failed one. The problem is, the failed strategy is built off of the best she has to offer in those circumstances on that night. Now, maybe on another night, she can tweak a few things and make things better. But on that night, the best Ronda Rousey that night would not have beaten Holly Holm. Think about that for a second. Maybe that wasn't the best one. The very best one wouldn't have done much better. That is crazy. That is crazy. So is there people saying, well, she should have gone for takedowns. She went for takedowns the entire round. Anytime you saw her reaching for that left, that's what she was doing. She just couldn't get them, except for once. That's it. Plain and simple. She was not out there trying to strike with home. She was trying to close the distance, and every time she tried, she got chewed to pieces. That's a fact. So I'm not saying the second time they go out there with the benefit of having an experience that they won't do a few things differently the next time but what you need to fully grasp here is that if we're not talking grappling on the mat we're just talking at space there is a massive massive skills gap here's home here's rousey okay we're not talking about you know wearing a gi we're not talking about on the ground necessarily you know uh, I think we can all agree, you know, uh, if it went to the ground 10 times, one out of those 10 times, at least Rossi's going to catch home. I, I think that's a pretty fair statement, if not more, if not six or seven. Right? But that, that's what you're dealing with here. So to me, and, we'll, and I'll answer this on the live chat, the question about automatic rematch, I think is a very, very questionable idea. This, to me, reminded me a little bit of Fedor Noguera, you know, the first one. Um, 
it's a, a lot of it is very different. But the part that is not is that if you go back and you watch, I think that was from Pride Body Blow, Fedor just goes in there and just ignores all of the previous conventional wisdom um, about how to beat her. Uh, I, I shouldn't say it's like Fedor Norguero, but I guess in the sense of um, just a champion being thoroughly destructed or destroyed, whatever. I haven't had my coffee yet, even though it's like 1 o'clock. Um, here's the problem with that fight. It cuts so many different ways. On the one hand, it's like Fedor N- N- Noguera because the, the, the unheralded challenger goes in there and destroys the champion, but he did it on the champion's terms. This is a little bit different than that. Uh, obviously, actually, it's a lot different than that in that sense. Um, but I just mean the unheralded person coming in there and, ma- and laying a waste to someone, laying the blueprint for how to beat her, basically. Because this argument about Rousey uh, improving her striking, she has. Folks, striking is hard. Everyone calls grappling chess, and that's true. Striking is I mean, it's a form of chess, too, man. It's a much more brutal form in some ways, but it's a form, too. And you'll see this when, when we go into this technique breakdown. There's so many ticks and nuances and spacing and angles you have to hit, and your timing has to be right. And it's like a Rube Goldberg experiment where everything has to be laid out in a perfect order, and it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And this fight kind of reminds me a little bit of Lesnar-Carwin. Yes, Lesnar won that fight, the champion at that time, and, and, and Ronda didn't. But in the sense of what it showed was, man, Lesnar, not that great at taking a punch. No one likes taking a punch, but some people handle it better than others. Noguera, in his prime, we can all agree, handled taking a punch pretty well. Lesnar did not. In this particular case, what you saw was, yes, Rousey can make tweaks, and maybe that will exponentially change her chances. I don't know. I have a hard time believing that, but maybe. right? We certainly can't um, uh, exclude that possibility. But what you basically saw was master and student when they were at range. You saw someone with years and years and years of competitive experience and gym training, learning how to angle, learning how to set up strikes, learning how to circle, learning how to clinch break. Years and years and years of it is what you saw. A couple more points here, and then we'll move on to the actual technique breakdown. You know, it is one thing, and this is what Rousey uh, failed at, basically. What Rousey usually does is she gets a hold of you and forces you to answer for her aggressive grappling, right? That's what she forces you to do. And in Misha Tate's case, she, Misha Tate would just run into her, you know, and, and then that would happen. But in ju- this is the problem with, like, for example, with jiu-jitsu for jiu-jitsu. It's one thing if you have good jiu-jitsu where you're competing on jiu-jitsu terms and the other person has to compete with you in jiu-jitsu, so there's no strikes. You're both obeying the same rules. You got to get in there and make something happen. But it's another thing to have to force another person into your jujitsu. It's another situation to coerce, make them have to answer for it. Rousey could never force that action. If you can never force, if she's never able to force her judo on someone and she has to rely on the rest of her skills, you can see even as accomplished and amazing as she is and as a high level athlete as she is, it takes time to learn striking. It's just not automatic. And the last thing I want to say about this is, you know, beyond the cleanliness of the win and beyond the skills gap issue and beyond the last point I just made, there's, there's sort of one more point here that I think needs to be noted. Look, uh, most of us are wrong in picking Rousey. Okay. That, that, that's fine. But there's been some things that some of us have been saying for a while, and it doesn't just apply to Rousey, it applies to everyone. When you watch someone and you see some flaws in the tape, and you point it out, you don't get to dismiss those because they eventually overcome it. Lots of people have been saying for a very long time, you know what, she kind of takes a few extra punches, Rousey does, on the way to closing the distance. Now, of course, once she closes the distance, she closes the show, which is what I thought was going to happen. She's going to take a few punches, but eventually she'll get here, and that'll be that. That was not the case, so that's why I went wrong. But it's not wrong to point out things, and I want to make this point about Conor McGregor. For some reason, look, the guy is an offensive dynamo. And I love his ability to make people back up, and I love his volume punching, and I think he's a super underrated power puncher, and he's got a tremendous chin. But that last part, folks, he does kind of like to a little bit live on his chin. Now, maybe he just did that in the last fight. Maybe he won't do that in the Jose Aldo fight. I don't know. But the tape shows he's a little bit too willing to eat a punch. I think over time, generally speaking, that will cost you. may not cost him against Jose Aldo at all. In fact, I think I'm probably picking McGregor to beat Aldo because I think Aldo's kind of underestimating him a little bit, believe it or not. But that's not the point. If you see something on tape and someone notes it, they're not being a hater. 
They're actually speaking about things that are real. If someone overcomes them, that doesn't make them go away. Okay? So for all the people who are like, you know what? Look, Rossi's obviously amazing. She's a better athlete than these people. She's tremendous. Uh, obviously, her skills in the mat are virtually unparalleled in MMA. Um, you know, what else great things can we say about her? You can go on and on. But she had an issue with her striking. You know, and, and all the accolades people were heaping on her. I kept saying, look, <laughs> Rousey is, um, you know, she's phenomenal. But I just have a hard time believing that she's this once ever kind of thing. There are other super ridiculous combat athlete women. I didn't, to my fault, didn't include Holly Holm in that. I, that that's where I was wrong. But that should be noted. Okay, enough of all that. Let's get to some of the, um, let's get to some of the actual technique here if we can. So I wrote down a bunch of notes. Uh, I don't have visual aids. Um, but what I do have is um, I'm going to give you time stamps. I went back and timed everything. And I want to bring up, I want to give a quick shout out, if I can, to the BJJ Scout uh, preview, which was phenomenal. And one of the things he noted in that, and I'll just, whenever I, whenever I talk about home setting things up, she did this virtually every time. Not every time, but virtually every time. And they noted this in the BJJ Scout preview video. Watch how Holm leans over so that her nose, knee, and foot are on a direct straight line down. Leaning on that left front foot, baiting in strikes. Whenever I bring up Holm and things she's doing, keep that in mind. A lot of times, here's what she would do. She would circle, circle, circle. She would stop. She would back up, back up. And usually on the second or third beat, cracker. Either with a check hook right or a left and exit out the door. Over and over and over and over again. This is the common scenario. Home circles. Rousey follows. Sometimes cage cutting. Sometimes just following. Home waits. Plants her feet. Back up. Back up. Sets her feet again. Fires. This happens over and over and over again. This is what I'm talking about when I say master and student as it relates to that level of the game. They were just completely two different, like, I mean, not even in the same ballpark of striking, which we knew, but just to see it kind of laid out in that way, I just thought Rouse would be able to take a shot. And again, this is this is where I went wrong, and you should figure out where you went wrong. Once she got the clinch, I thought that would be enough, and I was shocked, shocked at the strike differential. All right, so let's get going. Where does things go wrong? The first real strike takes place at 4.33. 4.33, Homelands her first real strike. So what is she doing a lot? She doesn't circle much to her outside hand. She kept circling. She's left-handed, so she's circling this way. That's why she mostly circled in this fight. Obviously, a few times when she had to reset the angle or, or evade or do something else, but that was mostly what she was doing, fading left the whole time. This particular case, Rousey was cutting off the cage, but here's what she did. She moved forward with her left hand. She kind of opens it in space a little bit, if you've ever seen that. She does that, right? She kind of opens it in space. So you see her open it in space, like, away from her body just a little bit. You see a little tick. Holm doesn't – I mean, this is what's so amazing about Holm. When you go back and you watch the video in slow motion, Holm picks up on the most minute of ticks. Now, there are some cases you're going to see where Rousey has huge ticks that give everything away, huge giveaways, huge huge clues about what's about to happen next. But it's just kind of amazing that – that Holm was able to do some of the things she does. So, so she waits on Rousey. She remember she's baiting the whole time. She's leaning over straight line between the nose, knee, and foot, straight down. Wait, planted forward like I'm leaning into you. Like come get it. So then she can lean back and then crack you with something. So Rousey was trying to cut off the cage. She moves forward with the left hand. Holm fires a jab on the outside. So she leans out. So the Rousey's punch comes here. She fires it. Then comes back with an uppercut and then goes back again with the uh, with the lead hand. Just crushing her and then exits out the side. Here's the best part about it. Um, when home fires the the uh, the jab uppercut, well, no, excuse me, excuse me, the jab uppercut, and then she comes back over the top of the left, she's already the arm of Rousey is past her head. So after she lands the punch, all she has to do is keep circling. I want to make a point about that. Because what you're going to see in a couple of situations is what Holm likes to do is be able to land and have the arm of Rousey not blocking here, not blocking here, not touching here, to be on the other side of her. Because if it's on the other side, the best that Rousey can hope for is to grab an arm. But if she's on this side, it's going to slow you up. It means you're going to have to duck to get outside, right? You have to do something to get the arm on the other side of you. And what you'll see is when it's already out this side, she cracks with some variety of puncher to the other, and then circles. 
when she gets stuck, so let's say she throws a check hook, but, you know, Rousey's throws a, a hook at the same time and, and Rousey's is actually over the top and stops her, what you'll see is she gets two hands up and then shoves away as she ducks her head and circles out. Instinctually. Instinctually, you'll see this. It is a phenomenal thing that she does. Either you give her the angle and she's out, or she gets stuck on this side, two hands up, ducks, and moves. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch this happen. We move to 421 of the first round. Uh, let's see. Um, 421, home times Rousey moving again. Um, so home doesn't throw a strike here, but she knows Ronda likes to get the front foot planted, usually off the second step. So there was a few different things that Rousey would do to close the distance. One is, and I'll get to this later, she would kind of shimmy a little bit, get dead giveaway to home that something's coming. The other one is she would kind of crow hop. Did you ever see that? She would take two feet and hop like this at the same time. She would always go one, two, and then home would, would crack her again. But this time, Holm didn't actually hit her. Holm waited for that lunging left to come, leaned back, and circled out to the same side, to the weak side. The weak side is the one where essentially the hips are facing this case. Uh, and she would circle out to the back door. So 421, you're already beginning to see the timing of Holm affect Ronda Rousey. 410 of the first round. Ronda gets blasted with a straight left, okay? So here again, Holm's timing, absolutely impeccable. She backs up and waits in space for Rousey to come in. Remember I told you before, she would circle, circle, circle. And you, I mean, go back and watch. You'll see this over and over and over again. Home circles, almost stops, sets her feet and backs up just a little bit, leans forward, nose, knee, foot, waits for it, and then throws either a check hook or a left straight. In this case, a left straight, getting to the outside of Rousey's jab again. When you're on the outside of Rousey's jab, what does that mean? You're free to circle, right? Uh, let's see. And just a particular note here, at 410, do me a favor. Go and look at, I remember we talked before, if you have a southpaw striker in home and an orthodox striker in Rousey, what's going to be open for both? The straight left for home and the straight right for Rousey. That's going to be open, ostensibly. I want you at 410 to go back and look at what the difference is in foot positioning on the lead foot of both fighters. You're going to see home not only to the outside, of Rousey's lead foot. So she's already got that. There's a huge gap between it. In other words, she didn't just take a front step with my foot to the with her foot to the outside and then fire the shot. You'll see she waits, waits, and she takes a big step out, really opens her hips, just jams Ronda Rousey. But now, because she's taken such a big step, she's created a window for Rousey's punch to come through as she gets her head off the center line. And also for huge space for her to pivot out. I mean, just brilliant. Just brilliant. And this is not something you can just teach overnight. It takes a long time to get good at something like that. So it's not just that she had the fundamentals. She was able to apply them to maximum effect. Getting the head off center, taking a huge step out, winning the battle of lead foot positioning, being on the outside, waiting for the left hand, and creating so much room to be able to get out of that space at the exact same time once the punch had landed. Let's go to 405. Home cracks Rousey with a check hook. So one of the things she would like to do is circle, circle, circle into her power hand, her own power hand. She would back up, one, two, and then usually fire something with a left straight uh, and then get out of the way. Sometimes she wouldn't do that. Sometimes she would like to throw a check hook, which would be her lead right, and then circle out the same way, so come on the right side. So she does that. This is the uh, this is the point at 4.05. Go back and watch. She has Rossi like a Tim Tebow throwing motion here. You'll see it. She with her own. So she's this way. Rossi's this way. This is her left hand. You'll see it. She opens to then throw. Right? It does it's not chambered at all. Like, like all of Holmes' punches are chambered. She never winds. You'll see at 4.05. Go back and look. Go back and watch the mechanics of Rossi. The left hand comes open, and as soon, as soon as Holmes sees that. The left hand opening of Ronda Rousey, which is the lead hand, what does she do? Bink comes over with the top and lands a nice right. And then, of course, from out there, she circles back to her own right. We move now to 353 of the first round. So, this is where home, or excuse me, Rousey begins to reach for a hand. So, home, remember that previous uppercut I told you about before? The very first one that home landed? 
the jab, uppercut, jab, right? Okay, so she tried that before, but this time she misjudged the distance. You'll see if you go back and you watch the feet. Holm does have the right foot, the lead right foot on the outside. So she got that part right. But like before, she had the big spacing. This time everything is real. Um, it's real tight. And in fact, you can see, I think she almost steps on Rousey's foot here. So you can see how close together they are. So uh, at this point, Rousey actually takes a step back at an angle. And Rousey uses her right hand to grab Holmes' right hand. Okay, so she's reaching across. And then tries to get the, so she's reaching across here. And then tries to get the left around the neck. That's what she's trying to do here. But the thing is, Holm never lets the position settle. Okay, first of all, she's keeping her feet moving the whole time. Watch when they clinch. Holm never takes her weight and then sits it. She takes her weight and is moving it. Like Barney Rubble or, or Fred Flintstone on the, on the cars they had with their feet. Constantly moving their feet, always and always at an angle and circling. So you can never quite get in on someone. If you just sit there and you try to plant your feet and then move your arms around someone, it doesn't quite go so well. But if you're constantly moving your feet in the clinch, you can do a whole lot more with that position. This goes for wrestling as well. Whenever you see someone in the clinch and they're not moving their feet, bad news. So she does that, by the way. So um, this is where she's able to – let me see. Plants right next uh, – let's see. Sir. Uh, but Rousey does land a right hand on the exit, so she was able to pop her. Another note to what's happening here when this works. So what happens is um, Rousey's trying to get the arm across her body and then around the neck, or she can keep two hands there depending on um, what attack she wants to do. And we'll get more to that two-on-one in just a second. But one thing I sort of want to point out here is um, we mentioned before, if Holm was able to get her head off the center line and Rousey's punch comes through and she would circle out. If she wasn't, if it was come on this side for some reason, like it just didn't quite work as expected, she would get the two hands up. There were situations where she couldn't get two hands up, but she would put the lead elbow here on the clavicle of the hand where Rousey was reaching. Here's what I mean. Remember, Rousey wants one hand on the hand and one hand around your neck. That's what she wants. And it was usually the left hand. Rousey's left hand, she liked having it around the neck. That's the same side Holm would often get an elbow right here on the clavicle and right here behind the head. And so she would, or, or she would just post it on the shoulder like this. She would just hook it like that. So she was always using that to keep distance between. A, a brilliant job. She couldn't get two hands up. She would get the one hand up on the side where it counted, on the side where the hanger was hanging. Uh, uh, Rossi calls the arm that's hanging on the back of the neck the hanger. Right? So, so it's her left hand, typically. Um. Okay, so 347, this is the first time they clinch. Now, remember, Rousey gets her and pushes her into the fence. Now, Faraza Hobby has a great job explaining. There was one thing that what, that Rousey, uh, I don't know if she didn't anticipate. Or, hold on one second. Okay. Um, we went back to 353. So, Faraza Hobby points this out. Oftentimes, when, when Rousey would throw someone, if you're getting thrown, if someone's in front of you throwing you with a head and an arm, they have to do a few things, as Faraz notes in his video, they have to break your posture, they have to get your weight over your toes. That's what breaking the posture really means. If you're, if you're, it's not just that you're getting bad posture, you don't have a good frame to set your weight down. Also, when you get your posture broken over, why is that important? Because think about if you wanted to dive forward, what would be the easiest way to do it? It would be to bend at the waist and just kind of lean, wouldn't it? right? That's the, that's the easiest way to get your weight moving in one direction. And so that's what she tried to do. She couldn't, ha she couldn't get a lot of that. Why? Because as Faraz notes, Holm was driving her own weight into the fence, but Rousey's still pressing her there. So she's still got a lot of options. You'll see with Holm's right elbow, this is the one Rousey wants extended and away from her. What have we talked about on this podcast over and over and over again? Ribs, elbows to ribs, strong. Elbows straight out, weak. We've talked, I mean, how many times have I brought that up? So what does Holm do? She digs her elbow to her side, right? So she can't get it across. And this is the really interesting part to me. So you see Rousey trying to get like a, like a whizzer on one side and she's grabbing the arm and sometimes she goes two on one and she's trying to pull it across. Here's what Holm does. Holm gets enough space where she keeps her elbow tucked. And the camera angle actually here was perfect because he got there to a point where he's facing both of them from the outside of the cage. What you see is Holm, for just a brief second, rather than using both, 
you know, her, she has her right arm, she's tucked here, and she's trying to keep it there, and she's got her other hand, she's fighting off Rousey. Rather than fighting off Rousey, be the hand fighting or whatever, she just starts driving uppercuts into Rousey's face there. What does that cause Rousey to do? She has to let go. She lets go to then stop Holmes' free left hand from driving uppercuts, and then she tries to go back to the hanger. So she's letting go of two hands on the on the right arm, behind the right arm. She just goes back to controlling this arm and one hand on the on the neck. What does that allow Holm to do? Everything she needs. When Holm, when when Rousey has to address the uppercuts, what does Holm do? Holm grabs both of her hands on the right arm of Ronda Rousey. So all Ronda has is that hook on the neck while 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 Holm is driving her weight in. Here's what Holm does. She takes both hands, drives now into Rousey, and then pushes her away. So she drives her posture up and pushes her away. Because if you don't, if all you have is the neck and you've got nothing else, there's no throwing motion. We saw Will Brooks do this to an extent in some ways with Marcin Held. When Marcin Held, all he needed to do to get that heel hook, to get the heel hook is to clasp the hands. Because once you clasp the hands and you attach it to your body, all you gotta do is just rotate the body. But you can stop everything if they can't get their hands together. So she would take both of her hands, keep it away from her, and then use it to drive into and push away. I mean, rehearsed, 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 and rehearsed. She practiced that over and over and over and over again. I guarantee. It was like instinctual the way she was working that. Brilliant job by Holly Holm. Keeping the elbow tucked, driving uppercuts to force Rousey to address it. Once Rousey addresses it, address what she needs to, Two hands on one on the right side of uh, Ronda Rousey, drives it into, creates space, and then moves away. Now, as they moved away, um, I will say Rousey landed a straight right, but Holm was already doing this number. Well, you should see Holm when she circles. There's been a number of times where I mentioned where, not on the punch, but if she just circles without punching, she's always here. Always here. One hand up by the face, one hand out here to parry or to block. I mean, just strong fundamentals in every capacity here. All right, at 340, let's see. Yeah. All right, so then we go down to, oh, and by the way, so what happens is you see her push her away. Um, and this part was kind of interesting. I, I actually didn't mention this detail. I'm going back to 347 here. Um, as they separated, she pushes away. Uh, home almost pivots, right, and tries to throw Rousey by her to the ground. Rousey tries to reach for an ankle. This is where home backed up and then kicked her in the stomach. Right, but the point being, as you can see, she creates space and then turns on an angle to throw or to get to get around things, uh, and, and then of course, you know, just taking advantage of the fact that her opponent had their back to them, basically. Um, but also noting, Holm tries to pivot on one angle, and so does Rousey. Rousey follows her, trying to grab the ang the ankle, but but can't get it. Uh, at three ten, Rousey lands a check hook of her own as as Holm is fading outside of her power hand. That should be noted. So remember I told you before, most of the time Holm is moving into her own power hand. Now also moving into Rousey's power hand. But you know, if you have such a belief that that distance favors you, you're probably going to not be too worried about it. This was a case where she was circling out to her right, uh, and then she got caught for it. Uh, Homeland's another check hook as Rousey comes in at 305. At 253, Homeland's another check hook. Okay, 248. Um you know, you, this is where you see Holmes setting all the traps. At 248, she'll circle, but as Rousey pursues, she's begin to inch backward. I'm telling you, 248, go watch this. She circles, stops, back, 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 and then fires something one way or the other. Um, this is the one where, again, there were different ways she liked to gauge distance based on what Rousey was doing. If she got in uh, too close or came at a certain angle, she might throw a check hook. If she was at just the right distance and kind of still in space, she might lunge with a straight left. This is the one where you see her take a another giant step outside and then come over with the left elbow. Again, confusing Rossi with the distance. Now, Rossi, to her credit, kind of got a hand up a little bit, but I think the elbow still landed above the hand. But you'll see Rossi get kind of a blocking mechanism in there as she sort of sees it coming a little bit because the distance was so great. So, so Holm took a bigger risk there, but it paid off even if it didn't, necessarily land 100%, it maybe landed 95% or something like that. Um, you see Rousey momentarily get a left hand over the neck of Holm as a consequence. So she kind of follows her a little bit, uh, trying to wrap her up. Um, let's see. 
Okay, so this is where this is where they eventually get wrapped up, right? What does Holm do? What, what, what does Rousey do? She Rousey eventually gets her hand around the left hand around the head. It's the one she likes to get here, and then she likes to grab the outside arm or something. She needs something else to get. What does she do? She loads up Rouse. She loads up Holm on her hips. Okay. This was actually, people were like, well, why didn't Rousey go for takedowns? She went for takedowns here, and she went for one of her classic takedowns. She likes to do a combination, typically, as she did on Sarah Kaufman, of the, I think it's Oichi to Koichi Gari. So, in other words, what she'll do is, what she'll do is, she'll attempt a throw. As you block that throw, she's waiting for you to block that throw. You're going to have to react in a certain way to block that throw. And when you give her that reaction, she's already launching into another takedown where that where your blocking technique fits in perfectly there. So let me give you an example. Here's what she did. She tries to throw a, a head and arm throw home. What does home do to, to avoid it? Two things, but one in just a second. She drops her hips, right? Because if my hips are lower than yours, you can't throw me. Well, Rousey's waiting for this because if you've planted your weight, all she has to do is direct that weight a different direction. So she, so she tricked you there. She'll, or she just, you know, she'll get, she'll use what you give her. Oh, you didn't give me the throw because you planted your weight. Fine. Now what you'll see what do is she hooks the outside lead leg of home and they fall to the side. Remember that? That's how she did it. When home planted her weight, yes, she stopped the first takedown, but she ended up setting up the second takedown. That's how that worked. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the name of that particular trip is, but this is a common technique she likes. She'll try to attempt a, a trip facing you if you stop it then she goes and does a trip backwards like she'll do a trip forward and then do a trip backward because you're giving the re your reaction to stop the first makes the second possible so that's what she did but there was one thing in that space that home did that i thought was really kind of amazing and you see it throughout the fight she gets remember the elbow before that was glued to her ribs she keeps it there but the way it works is it's a little more fluid when she has to she keeps it glued but at times she's actually creating distance between her elbow and her ribs to create space to move Rousey away. Now, as Rousey got closer, she would keep it closer. But if Rousey wasn't concerned with the arm, was wrapping around the head, and she had a chance, because remember, it's the left hand that's coming around, so Rousey would be here. She would take that right arm, and she would kind of dig it away a little bit at times. So think about it this way. If you're trying to throw me, you got to be hip to hip on someone. you got to be right underneath them. If you put an object in between us, it makes it a little bit harder. Right, I can't load you up as easily if I have to load you up and an object obstructing the ability to connect my hips to yours. So now instead of hip to hip, it's a little bit like this. You can still throw someone, it's just a lot harder and she was able to get the trip off the second attempt. But I wanna point out here, it wasn't just that she was able to keep the ribs, elbow to the ribs, it was also a lever to push Rousey away when necessary. Very, 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 very interesting. I, I've never seen it before. Now. Now, again, this is where Faraz makes a good point in his video. So they go to the ground. What happens when they go to the ground? You immediately see, um, rather than keeping the arm tucked, for some reason, probably just instinct, Holm just put her arm around the back, so she's got like a seat belt now. I think she was trying to come out the back door, because here's what I think. If, if all someone has is a hook on my head, and I'm at my base, and I have a tight waist on them, I can prevent them from rolling, and I feel like I can just break off the elbow here, and now I'm behind you. Now, now, now you're in turtle, and now I'm on top of you. I think that's what she was thinking with having the arm there, was if I just pop this off, I can get it. And most jiu-jitsu women or men are not very good at just holding you from scarf hold or holding you with a headlock. But Rousey, obviously, is going to be very, very, very strong in that position. She's going to have all those muscles built up there and all the weight and balance over years and years and years. So, so I think... Um, that was obviously a, a strategic mistake. So what happens here? This is where Rousey goes for the Jujigatami roll, the armbar roll. And what that requires is a few things. But and set up with the gi, it's a little bit different. But what's going to happen is you're going to post on your head. You're going to attack. If you're on the back, you're going to attack the near side arm or whatever side you fall to. So if she fell to the right, basically, or, you know, she never tried to take the back. But if you were starting from the back, that's where it would be. So she falls to the right. So she wants Holly Holmes' right arm. That's what she wants. What has to happen, though, is, and why this failed, was number one, remember she had, Tate had, or Tate, Jesus, Holm had the arm around the back of, of Rousey. Once Rousey then flips over, she then takes it away a little bit. Okay, so she immediately recognized, and Faraz goes through this in his thing, so check that out, the, the video. She takes the, the arm away. But there's a couple things that he didn't mention in the video that I thought was really interesting. Now, this is where the camera angle gets bad. Because what you notice, though, is two things. One, when you first roll for a Jujigatami roll, you got to post on the top of your head. 
You have to have some balance there. Go back and watch uh, Rousey. She is the whole time on the crook of her neck. If you're inverted, you need, like the meows, you need to be on your shoulders. Or if you're doing the Jujigatami roll and you're trying to post your weight because you haven't, you're not just falling to the canvas. You're still kind of building a structure before you roll. She doesn't get that. She goes all the way to her neck. Once you're there, it's hard to inch your way back up. You can do it, but you're losing time while everyone else is scrambling. And already, home had the arm out here, whoop, and she tries to bring it inside. Now, it's still hooked here. Rossi still has it hooked, but at least it's not out and extended. Remember, here, weak. Here, strong. Okay? Um, so, so, okay, so she gets the arm in, and now there's a bit of a fight. But Rossi's already in a bad position. And, uh, again, Faraz will go into some details about her foot. But there was something very interesting that happened in this exchange. I don't know what she did, Holm did with her left, but I want to make a point. When you armbar someone, what is the perfect angle, basically? It's perpendicular. That's what you want. And with that Jujigatami roll, when you post on your head, there is a moment where you're laying on your shoulder, but only because you're bringing their legs over and around you, right? You're not, you're not just throwing them to a side. You're bringing them around you, okay? That's what you're doing. You'll notice that by the time the armbar fails, even before, even before home pulls all the way out, they're no longer perpendicular. They're like this. Part of me, I can't tell what home is doing with her left hand. And it could just be also because Rousey was not posted to maintain her structure. She was laying on her neck. But you, once you lose this angle, there is no arm bar. You can even have a nice trap, but the physics don't work. It just doesn't work. Now, you can try other things like a reverse upside-down triangle, but that's hard to do, and I don't know what kind of acumen Rousey has with her triangles. Go back and watch this. Again, I think this is roughly around 248 when the whole sequence gets started. But once they go to the ground and the armbar, you'll see it starts here, and it just kind of falls, 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 falls. So by the time that by the time that home frees her arm, Rousey is almost all the way you know, mirroring her, not perpendicular where you have to be to create the angle. That was kind of interesting. So I wonder if in the way she freed her arm, if, if I don't know this to be true, but I wonder if Holm was using it to pull Rousey around or if it was Rousey's bad structure that she started from from the beginning. This is what I'm talking about with grappling. you got to build structures, and if they're not built right from the beginning, a lot of it just won't work. Also, note, Holm kept her base down and to the back, making it hard for her to get lifted, um, although – that isn't of itself going to stop someone who has a proper Jujikatami roll. They can still grab your ankle. And then again, you don't bring it across, you bring it around. The, uh, by, the, by the way, you, on the arm bar, because if you're rousing, you're on top and onto the side. Your outside leg is supposed to go behind the neck, shoving it inside, right, while you bring the feet up and around you. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to drive the back of your shin, or I should say, you're trying to drive your shin into the back of their neck, the back of their head. You're trying to tuck it under. Why? Because that breaks their base, that breaks their structure, that forces their weight forward. And when you force their weight forward while you bring their legs back and around, everything goes over. That's what you're trying to do. Holm never got her head stuffed. Never. That's why I need to see what was happening with that left hand. She never gets her head stuffed. She never gets her structure all the way broken down, although she, her posture is pretty low at times. But that was crucial. Crucial was the structure Rousey built to set up the arm bar was never really there. Why wasn't it there? Was it because it was rushed? Was it because Holm was doing something? Was it because she was hurt? I don't know, but it wasn't there. That should be noted. All right. So we're back now at 152. Uh, Holm circles out to her right as Ronda closed. And I want to make a point here at 152. Go and watch how Rousey gets evaded by Holm. Because this is key to Holmes' timing. Everyone talks about how Holmes' timing is so great. It's so great. Here's a perfect indication of that at 152 of the first round. When you evade someone, even in jiu-jitsu standing or a judo, <coughs> depending on how they move, but especially in striking, you want to move on the half beat. So if they're moving at a pace of like this, where, where steps coming on one, two, and they strike, so one, two steps, you want to catch it between the one and the two when everything is going. Holly Holmes' ability to time things on the half beat as Rousey was trying to do something, throwing a left hook, whatever, was impeccable. There were times where she may have misjudged the distance. I mentioned before where she would take, try to take the lead outside foot, but then step on Rousey's and then be you know, kind of close and confined. Okay, wasn't perfect in that way. But the timing on the half beat every time, right on the money, man incredible incredible job by holly holm there and 152 where there's no strike being thrown just her ability to evade perfectly evidences that all right 147 
Uh, Holmes' check hook leads to another hand battle. All right, so Holmes throws another check hook. That's the right hand. But this time ends up stepping on Rousey's left leg again. Um, so she had the angle, but not the space. This allows Rousey to do something very special. She takes the space she needs to take Holmes' right arm. This is the check hook arm. And she brings it across. Uh, so, so Rousey gets the two-on-one here. Now, Rousey does this perfectly. This was actually really, really nice what Rousey did. So Rousey's able to catch that, that that because the check hook comes from, from home, left arm from Rousey. Rousey's able to get this, get her head on the other side of it. And she here's what she does. They're circling the whole time. She has one hand on the wrist, Rousey does. She has one hand down here, okay? She doesn't try to just yank Holly Holm into her, who's backing up the whole time. Because, look, if you want to pull me and you're, out to, you're at the other end of my arm, I mean, I may not be able to draw my elbow back necessarily, but you're not going to, like, pull me into you unless there's a super strength differential. And there's not here. In fact, Holm's probably stronger. So Rousey, being smart, doesn't try to yank her into her. She leans on her right foot and then takes like a hoist Gracie horse step so that she brings her own body across the arm. That is a nice little detail she does there. She doesn't try to muscle it. She moves her, she doesn't move the arm into her body. She moves her body around the arm. And then she does another key detail. It's one thing, because if everyone goes back and points to, well, Rousey was so good at getting the elbow, you know, the arm of the two-on-one across, it's not enough to just get it in front of you. You got to put weight on it. So you see her wrench up, and then as you see, she'll drive down to her own waist with this hand, Holmes' wrist. So now she can get her weight on top of it. Dude, I'm telling you, she's got nasty two-on-one control there. Nasty two-on-one control. But it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Uh, okay. But as Holm has a left... So 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 the right arm of Holm... Excuse, actually, yeah, the right arm is being dragged across. Rousey's taking it, getting her weight on top of it. Uh-oh, this is trouble. But not for Holly Holm. Remember, I mentioned this before. If she can throw and exit out, she would. If she couldn't, she'd get two hands up. If she couldn't get two hands up, Here's what she would do in this particular situation. She'd get one hand up across the throat and across the face of Rousey. So Rousey's trying to pull here, not enough. But again, what's home doing? She's not sitting in space. She's circling the whole time, moving her feet the whole time, creating a barrier, never, ever letting herself get extended, never letting her weight go over her nose, maybe in line with it, but never over her nose, never things like that. That's what she does. And so she avoids it. And so what happens? Um, Home, home keeps her hips back and she rotates. Rousey lets go of the backhand, the one around the wrist, to start firing an uppercut into home. And it lands a little bit, but that gives home the free wrist now. Whoop. What's she going to do with that? She's going to find her way out. And she's going to, she's going to, actually, she ducks under the left hanging arm of Rousey and circles out. So Rousey basically let go of the wrist to go back to the head. But when she did that, home was able to free herself and circle out. Very, very nicely done. At 134, home lands a lead left. Well, Rousey just is hanging out in space. Uh, a little bit later, I mentioned before, remember Rousey would do the thing. She would crow hop twice or she would shimmy. Uh, a little bit, I think I think at 125, uh, Rousey does the shimmy and Holm reads it. Uh, and then, by the way, when she does that, Holm parries the outside hand. So so Holm's left-handed. So she parries the left and then fires the um, – excuse me, she, pir- she, she parries the left of Rousey and then fires her own. Um, and then, by the way, when Rousey tries to throw right, she's like leans out and then circles back again, which is really nice. Okay, we're almost done with the first round here. 118, Rousey eats another straight left. Um, this is a case, again, 118, where Holm throws the left, catching Rousey in space. What happens, though? She can't get out from outside. She doesn't clear the head, her own head. So she gets two hands up and shoves away. 118, go back and look at it. Uh, 109, Rousey eats another left straight. Um, Let's see, a one-minute mark, home delivers another left straight, and this is where you see Rousey getting frustrated. At that one-minute mark, this is where you see before she would try and corner home, home would stop, inch, inch, fire, and it would re- sort of rinse and repeat. At the one-minute mark of the first round, that's where you first start seeing Rousey kind of like lunging with the right or lunging with the left to the body as home was circling out, really getting off balance, really just sort of extending herself in, the, in, in not the best of ways. That's where, to me... At the one-minute mark, that's where you really begin to say, okay, you had bad strategy from the beginning, in part, well, in huge part, built by your ability in this particular space. 
But this is where, where she even abandoned that. That's why it went downhill fast after this. Uh, let's see. There's a point where uh, I think 35 seconds in, Holm, Holm, Holm gets hit. Um, actually, so Holm is timing Rousey. She's waiting for her to come in. Rousey wings the left hook. At the same time, Holm tries an outside leg kick, which lands, but actually so does the punch of Rousey. So then that happens again. So what happens? Holm takes down uh, Ronda. So she, so uh, Baz Rutten had an interesting theory that if you get in a tight space, rather than get thrown, just pick her up and slam her. Like, be the first one there. Just if you're, if you're, if there's any doubt about it, pick her up and drop her. I don't know if that's true, but it's a very interesting analysis, and it very well might be true. I want to give a shout-out to Baz Rutten, which I thought did a really good job um, with this fight breakdown there. But, okay, this is perfect to me because everyone's like, this is, this is strong anti-grappling. Now, look, Rousey wasn't immediately feverishly working in guard. So you have to take that into account. She also didn't establish a lot, like really strong neck control. She didn't establish like a really strong, um, um, you know, arm control. She did try to grab the wrists a little bit and scoot in. But here's what she had: Rousey had a left butterfly hook and a right sort of over the top hook, a normal, a right over the top of the bo- the body, which you would normally consider to be, you know, one half of full guard. So she had half butterfly, half full. That's what she had. Here's what Holm does. This is the right way to do it. On the side where there's the butterfly hook, that's the side she puts a step on first, right? Because she doesn't want to get hooked. If you have a hook on one side, you want to be careful about that same person reaching down and grabbing your ankle with the same side because bad things can happen. They can they can do, uh, I mean, a broom sweep. They can do all kinds of different stuff. So what Holm does is she takes a step up, but she takes a step out. She doesn't come straight up. Her foot goes this way, which kills the hook a little bit. If you want to break a De La Hiva hook, for example, one thing you do is you point your toes outward. This is all subtle, but I'm telling you it's there. She takes a step out with that, while at the same time controls the left ankle of Rousey. So she steps up. Home naturally understands that Rousey is going to keep that hook, but what she does is when she steps at an angle, she steps back. So now... So now what we've done is we've killed the ability of Rousey to have a hand around the ankle. She stepped back, so now Rousey's legs, instead of being crunched, are extended. And then she circles out while holding the left ankle to the left side of her own body, to the right side of Rousey's body. In other words, she addressed the most dangerous situation. I would have done it a little bit differently, but um, one is she went to the right steps at the right time at the right angles. Just want to make that clear about how she got out of that space. Not the most dangerous space ever, pretty far from it. But still, solid fundamentals the whole way, which I really liked. Uh, 25 seconds, Holm gets another clinch break. Uh, Holm throws a check hook, so right hand, but it's a little too short on space. Again, she circles to her right, but Rousey has a hand on Holm's right and tries to dive an underhook with the other hand. So you'll notice this. So she keeps one hand here and tries to dive an underhook here, right? But she can't quite get it. Um, well, what does Holm do again? Here's Rossi. I'm going to grab this arm. I'm going to try and drive this hand. I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to go to the head. Once she goes to the head, what does Holm do? Same side where Rossi's trying to go to the head? In the clavicle. Right here. Bang. Stopping the hanger from ever having an effect. That left hand of Rossi. Rossi needs it to be on the neck. Hang on one second. Rossi needs it to be on the neck. So what does Holm do on the same side where it's coming up? Holm's keeping this forearm right on the clavicle every time, man. It affects your, your shoulder. It affects your ability to get a grip. Even if you got a grip, it's not going to be very strong. It's easy to strip. All kinds of problems that creates. And it's every time, man. Her, her defensive home, her defensive responsibility there is nuts. It is nuts. It is borderline perfect. It is so freaking good. Hanger comes up. Hand Forearm on the clavicle every time. Every time. Every time. If not two, certainly one. And on the one side where it counts, where the hanger is coming. Um, so this is interesting. And, uh, and I want to make a point about how she broke the clinch. So she's got the hand up, uh, and Rossi's trying to dig the underhook. And I forget exactly what she's doing with the underhook. But you'll notice what she does is home. She pulls Rossi into her while she drives a knee up the middle. And then what does that do? It hurts. Understand, if you're off-balancing someone and you do it in quick succession, you can send them two different directions. So she pulls her in and knees her. What is If you get kneed in the stomach, what's your natural reaction going to be to back up? As she's backing up, uh, home 
digs inside on the side where Rousey's trying to have the uh, the underhook and shoves her off. So she won't point that out. She pulls in knees and then immediately, immediately, doesn't wait a second, drives her back out, creates the space just enough to get her hand in, and then when both hands are in, then shoves her away. So it was the push, excuse me, it was the pull, push, hand in, finish the push. Round two. Here we go. Problem started right away. 455, Rousey eats another straight left. Okay? Same thing as Holmes been doing the all fight. And again, I want you to look at how far at 455, Holmes' lead foot is to the outside of Rousey's lead foot. Just go back and take that again. And this is, becomes the beginning of the end. This was amazing to me. I don't have the time exactly for this one. But it was where, where, where Rousey ate the sidekick. You see what Holmes does here. Circle, circle, circle. Stops. Inch, inch. Okay? Here comes Rousey. You see Holmes lean back and raise her front right leg. Okay? You see her do that. What does Rousey do? Rousey's this way. When Holm leans back and raises her leg, here's what Rousey does. She goes straight up. So Holm says, okay. <laughs> Takes one more step and then throws the sidekick, which, of course, lands hard uh, on Rousey, which at least was, you know, discouraging or backed her up for a second or just gave her all the time she needed to be able to circle. And this is another thing I got wrong about Holm. I thought when she extended the kicks that Rousey was going to be better about grabbing a hold of them, but she never was. Now, Holm didn't throw a ton of kicks in this, and the one time she threw the leg kick, she got hit for it, but that was another thing that I thought Rousey would be able to do and just couldn't, just there was, had no answer for it. So at 427, she ducked the infamous punch. Where Rousey comes in, comes in, throws the left, right? And then what does uh, Holm do? Steps out, circles under the left, and then comes out the backside, and everyone was like, oh my God, there's actually three wows in a row on the broadcast. I've been watching it so many times. But this this should not be this should not be in any way confusing. I'm telling you, I'm telling you over and over again. Go back and watch if you don't believe me. What does home do every time? Circles for the most part into her power hand, gets Rousey to chase, backs up. That moves Rousey in a straight line. Because if you move in a straight line, Rousey's gonna follow you in a straight line, at least at this point in her game development. Moves in a straight line, Rousey comes in a straight line. And from there, it's what do you want to throw? You want to throw a check hook? Throw a check hook. You want to throw a straight left? Throw a straight left. You want to throw a jab, uppercut, jab combo? Throw, throw it. You want to throw nothing and just circle out of the way? Do it. Because, again, what would Rousey do when she would come? Open the shoulder a little bit and lean. And it doesn't take much. It's a slight tick, but you can see it. And as soon as she sees it, home is on her way, man. So this sets up the beginning of the end. Now Rousey's just like full-on chasing. Okay? So she's in big trouble now. So here's how the home is set up. Holm is circling into her own power hand as she's been doing all fight long, left side. Rousey is now following and not cutting. Cutting means if you're circling this way and you're Rousey, you have to go this way. You don't follow this way. If they're moving this way, you cut them off. So they have lateral movement across the cage. You're drawing a line in the sand, and they can't go past it with your spacing. They're going to angle side to side. You never let them. That's cutting them off. She did that a little bit in this fight, but not a lot. She gets hit, and now she doesn't cut the cage off. She follows, okay? So she follows. What does Holm do? She times it. She sets her feet, and she fires the left. Now, Rousey, at this point, we talked about it before. When she took the knee after missing on the punch, and Holm comes out. Remember I told you about from the first minute of the last round to this point, and I mentioned at the beginning of the show, look how off balance Rousey is. You know, judokas have incredible balance, especially standing. And I want you to see, this is what I'm talking about. The strategy was was foobarred from the beginning. But that was the best opportunity she had. When she abandoned that, they went from bad to worse. And I want you to point out, she misses on the punch and takes a knee because Holmes out the back door. And she tripped a couple of other times. She had really just not stable structure of feet under her at all. And it was no more apparent than here. Here's how it worked. So she fires the left. Rousey, flailing, tries to double wrap the arm. So Holm fires the left out. Now, Rousey, in a desperate attempt to catch it, does. She takes her own right arm kind of near the bicep shoulder and grabs it here. Here comes the left arm. Uh, here's Holm's arm right here. Here comes Rousey, trying to grab with her left arm, trying to grab, 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 turning her body into it, left hand coming over the top like a big wave, and at the time, it looks like she's going to land. What, what does Holm do? Holm shucks her arm free as Rousey comes over the top. 
Well, Rousey was so far spinning into it and so off balance, she face plants. Think about that for a second. Just trying to reach for an arm? Yes, that she got hit first, but she gets hit, grabs it, tries to come the other way, and she has no structure underneath her. She's so wobbled, and I don't know if she was like rocked or just off balance. I think just off balance, really, to be perfectly honest. I mean, she was hurt, I'm sure, but you see it completely off balance. When the left arm comes over and there's nothing there to catch her, she just goes straight down, okay? As she's doing this, it should be noted, Holm, who has her arm trapped, she has her left arm trapped, she is not there when Rousey has her own left trying to catch her. She kind of pulls out and then steps out of the way. So so, so she's throwing, in a sense, Rousey by her. Okay. I mean, you never want to turn your back to an opponent. What does Rousey do when she face plants? She just stands up. She doesn't roll to guard to her back defensively shelled with her hands up. She doesn't turn to face home and then sit up. You know, she doesn't do anything like really, really responsible in that sense. She just stands up with her back turned to her opponent. Now, I'm sure she was pretty hurt at this point because she just, I mean, couldn't keep her feet under her. She had, obviously, you know, facial bruising, right? It was bad. It was bad news. So what happens? Home is already, remember, because home threw her by, just threw her by like this. Make sure the left was never there. Rousey face plants in front of her, so she's already back. She just puts two hands on the waist and rib cage of Rousey, gently just pushes her into perfect range, and then there goes the head kick. I mean, <laughs> folks, this is what happens when someone who's had like a year in the gym striking goes and, and tries to fight like a, you know, uh, a pro in the gym. This is what it looks like. It was shocking. It was shocking. Again, not so much that there was this much of a disparity, but that you would see it so nakedly laid before you because the judo game, the clinch game, the takedown game just really wasn't there for Rousey in the way it needed to be. Holm having an answer for every position. And frankly, Holm having, you know, just the, I mean, whatever she wanted to do standing, she could do whatever she wanted to do. You know, again, it's it sounds repetitive talking about it because it was. For the most part, here's home, circling into her own power hand, waiting till Rousey followed, backing up in a straight line, letting Rousey back up in a straight or move forward in a straight line, and then cracking her with something and then exiting and doing it again. And occasionally having to fight off hand control and then occasionally having to fight off things on the ground uh, and keeping her wits about her when she had an L, uh, you know, the, when Rousey went for the arm bar. But the idea that, like, Rousey should have done things differently, yeah, she should have. The question is, could she have? Looks to me like there is a major, major, major skill deficit as it relates to that. And if she can shut down your grappling, if she can shut down the clinch for the most part, it's bad news. (laughs) It's real bad news. This was the easiest fight in Holly Holmes' UFC career by a mile. She had much more trouble with Marianne Renault, much more trouble with Raquel, much, much, much more trouble with Raquel Pennington. This was this was light work, except for that one uh, armbar attempt, which never really got off the ground. Um, yeah, this was a master class in evasion and footwork. But again, the only way to really appreciate this is you got to see the timing of Holly Holm catching Ronda on the half beat. Ronda would step and then step again, and before that foot could come and plant on the ground, she was eating a shot every time, man. Just a brilliant, brilliant timing, and an answer for everything. If I can exit out past the left arm of Rousey, I will. If I have to get two hands on, I will. If she's grabbing one hand, I'm going to get the other hand, I'm going to cross face. Always never letting Rousey get close to her. Never. Constantly having a hand to block on the hips. Getting the hand in between, either on my ribs when it has to be here, or I'm going to push you away as a lever when I have to. Working in both directions, in and out. Um, just, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal job by Holly Holm. Really, you couldn't, what else could you possibly ask for, you know, to have stuffed all the takedowns? Okay, you know, it's an Olympic judoka. What are you going to do? And it was, and it was that, that was the nicest thing that Rousey did the whole fight, you know, trying to throw, load you up on your hips, you sink your hips to stuff it, and then she goes the other direction uh, with an outside trip. I mean, that's, you know, you're not, someone of that level of skill in judo, they're going to get theirs, you know, but you got to have an answer for it, and, and Holm, Holm did. So just go back and you watch the fight. I've given you timestamps. 
the thing you gotta you gotta just understand is go back and watch how much Holm circles to her own left, backs up straight, leans over, nose, knee, and foot all on the same line, waits for Rousey to come in, and then just delivers punishment. It was <laughs> tailor made, man. Tailor made. And that's the part I just never saw coming. I never saw not that Holm couldn't do that, but that could she do that long enough before Rousey got her hands on her. And it turns out she fought the hand control she did. She fought so well. Um, the clinch breaking was just the clinch breaking was critical to this fight. Because if she had just tried to stand in place and then pull her arms out, which a lot of people do, she'd have been in bad shape. But with the exception of the one time she was leaning her weight into the cage, she was always circling, always keeping her feet moving in the clinch, always breaking the hands. And 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 if she had one hand free, they were firing uppercuts to Rousey to get her to address it. Rousey addresses it. That lets her go and then grab two hands and bring her to one, push her across, spin her out. Um, amazing. By the way, the point where she did that, where she were home, grabbed the two hands of Rousey, the forehand, the non-hanging hand, and pushed it away and then circled out, that's the same uh, version, of, same sequence as the final one to an extent. Um, she didn't have the same two-on-one control Holm did, but the same part about stepping out, circling, throwing Rousey by her, and then when Rousey tries to stand, that's why she got kicked in the body the first time and then kicked in the head the second time. Um, but, you know, just the ease with which she did it is really phenomenal. So uh, I guess coming up this weekend, I don't know. we got a billion things. There's a World Series of Fighting, I think. There's Bellator, and then there's uh, Gastelum versus uh, Magni. But really all the interest for me is on this one. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the best upsets in MMA history. And and for a, such a monumental upset, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, so clean. Last word on this, we're going to get out of here. He's got nothing to do with this fight, but I just want to point out something about people who say, well, Rousey could have done other takedowns. Rousey should have gone for the takedown. Rousey went for the takedown. But this should make you appreciate someone like Habib Nurmagomedov because this is what I am talking about. If he can't get you on a double... That's okay. He'll go for a single. If he can't get you on a single, that's fine. He'll go for a low single. If he can't get you on a low single, that's fine. He'll try again for a high crotch. If he can't get you on the high crotch, he'll go for Osotogari. If he can't get you with Osotogari, he'll go for Uchimata. If he can't get you with Uchimata, he'll go with Harai Goshi. And on and on and on. This is what I'm talking about. There is a world of takedowns in the judo world or the sambo world. There's a world of takedowns in freestyle wrestling and collegiate wrestling. And there's different rides in between them and different setups. You know, Nurmagomedov doesn't have the judo that Rousey does, but he's got a full array of takedowns. He can do you from the he can do you from a wizard. He can do a throw. He can do trips from the clinch. He can do he can change levels for a double. He can do a single leg trip. He can do everything. That's what I'm talking about. That's why Nurmagomedov is so special because he brings takedowns from the different universes of grappling that normally don't overlap, and he's got them all. So. If it was Nurmagomedov in there fighting and he was just going for judo trips, you could say, hey, why didn't you go for a, a double leg? But that's Nurmagomedov, and that's why he's special, and that's why he's different. He's got all the bases covered. Rousey just does what she does best, and she does those things probably better than him, but the complete arsenal of takedowns, there's like one guy, two guys in MMA that can do that, and Nurmagomedov is one of them. All right, neither here nor there. Uh, give us a like. Share it, please. I'll post this on MMA Fighting here in just a second for those who missed. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, wow, what a fight. Enjoy the next one.